Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. If uh, my name is Ryan Broderick, and if my voice sounds different today, it's because I went to an actual concert for the first time. Did you since since probably 2019? Last oh, week. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, I screamed a lot. So what concert I'm hoping, did you go to? Uh, a band, a pop punk band called The Wonder Years. Okay, that's good. Yeah. They were playing in Philadelphia, so I, I went to Philly for their 20th anniversary show of their... No, God, thank God, no. 10th anniversary show of one of their first albums. Yeah. I think I I think I need to count, but I think I went to like six or seven gigs post-COVID. We're not post-COVID, Luke. We're post-COVID enough. We're post-peak. It's fine. We're on the downswing. <laughs> we're on the downswing. Say your name and let's get into the show. Yeah, I'm Luke. Uh, and yeah, I've been to more gigs, but not recently. So <laughs> This week on The Content Minds, we are obviously talking about the slap. We are, unfortunately, sorry to be part of the content economy yeah, we're, around we're, the slap. We're going to talk about the NBC show from 2015 called The Slap, which we thought was That's the best right. thing to talk about. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm i sorry that we have to cash in on this trending topic like everybody else, but hopefully we can take a meta enough step back that it we can add some value. <laughs> but before we get there, we have a lot to do because there's been lots going on. So, Luke... How was crypto this week? Please, please, please don't buy an NFT. Please, please, please don't buy an NFT. Uh, crypto was not good. Crypto felt, it felt like a very scammy week of crypto. There was an awful lot of things went badly wrong. A lot of, I've, I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to not to say, like, everything went wrong. A load of people got scammed. A load of people lost their money. Uh, everything seemed bad. Like every time, like so, I I have of all of the algorithms that recommend me content, I actually think one of the best ones is Google Discover. Oh, really? I've never used it. Well, I have an Android, so like I just swipe to the left and it, it gives me stuff, and it's generally quite useful because it's it's very easy to tell them what you don't want. So if you yeah. happen to Google, I don't know Will Smith, just because you know he's in the news or whatever. Why would you be Google? I don't understand why you'd be Google. No, I don't Will understand Smith. either. But yeah, uh, you know, two days later, it gives you five articles of Will Smith. You one button click. I'm not interested in this, and it just doesn't show you that again. And it also does. It, you can also block out entire sites, so you can block out. I don't know. Screen Rant, for example, that has a load of garbage on it, but you happen to end up on a bunch of different times, and you're annoyed every time you end up there. But yeah, it, Google Discover is one of the better uh, sites for recommending content, and it's quite good recommending me crypto content. But just literally, I'm every time I, I I turn it on, it just gives me like, hey, this person got scammed. Hey, this person says they weren't scammed, but did sell their extremely valuable asset for one percent of what's worth. But they say they weren't scammed. It's like that's worse. I somehow I don't know. Like, like no, it yes. wasn't hacked. Wasn't hacked. And he's like, I, oh god, there was one today which was incredibly good. Which was someone sold a board ape for I think a hundred nineteen dollars. I saw this one, yeah. And it was worth, like, a lot more. Yeah, it was worth a lot more. And the guy sold... I'm trying to find the exact details of it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right. A $350,000 Bored Ape NFT was sold for $115. That's the best. I love it. 
it's I love good. It. It's the dream. It's the dream. The guy specifically said though that he didn't. He he was contacted for comment, and he said, uh, "I was in the process of figuring it out. Uh, I maintain a high degree of security. I was in a period of travel. I would be hard pressed to call it a hack." I mean, he knows that's more embarrassing, right? Yes. I mean, I don't think he knows yeah. that it's much more embarrassing. Yeah. What it seems to be is that there are two types of payment. I didn't know this. There's another type of payment called DAI. Didn't know that was a thing. But what you do is you approve your wallet to be interact with DAI. But then the person who is buying DAI is worth like a thousand, one thousandth of a an Ethereum. Oh, oh, oh! You're talking about Dai. Oh, yeah. Dai, no, yeah, so yeah. Dai is a stable coin. So right. it's it's essentially it tries to stay one to one with the dollar, and it's used as a way to sort of like bank. It's an intermediary stablecoin, basically. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So what seemed to have happened in this case was that the person who was trying to buy in DAI was just sending a load of bids to everyone in the hope that someone would misread it as ETH and think it was Ethereum and just accept it. And that seems like what has happened here. That's so funny. It's incredibly funny. Yeah. So instead of paying 115 Ethereum, he paid 115 die, which is $115. Yes. That's very, very funny. God, that's funny. What's also very interesting is that we are currently recording this basically hours after the largest exploit in decentralized financial history happened around until the game. Until next week. Until, until right after we're done recording and it happens again. So this uh, this took place on a on a game called Axie Infinity, which I've played. I do not have any money in Axie Infinity. Um, I was able to open the game and look at it, but I couldn't actually play it without investing several thousand dollars. And I thought, that's a crazy <laughs> amount of money to invest to play a video game. So I didn't do it. But Axie Infinity is essentially like a Neopets or a Pokemon style monster breeding and fighting game. Sure. It obviously, like all NFT video games, requires uh, a crypto wallet to play it. The crypto wallet to play it is called the Ronin Network. Both the Ronin Network and Axie Infinity are owned by a company called Sky Mavis. And uh, basically, I, 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 try, <laughs> I tried to read through this to figure out what happened. Over $625 million worth of Ethereum was stolen. The way it seems to have been stolen was because someone figured out that a part of the, the network could get in and just take stuff. They didn't realize that that was still accessible, basically. Right. It was because they, they'd set up a version of it that worked without gas, basically. Yeah. There was like a free, there was like a gas free entry point, which once you got into that, you could then start pulling stuff out of the network. The worst part of this, though, is that it took them like over a week to notice. God that $600 million worth of their money was gone. And that, and what's crazy is like the in-game economy was like, it was big enough that like people in the Philippines uh, were using it to like, like as their jobs, like it, it had gotten to that point. Um, yeah. There was a really sophisticated guild system. You could get like Axie Infinity scholarships where you would basically become like a debt slave to someone who was like a whale in the game. It was like a very sophisticated, not sophisticated, but it was like a very in-depth in-game economy that is now basically uh, gone because it's you know, there's nothing to base any of the value on anymore. It's fascinating because it's, I mean, I mean, this has always been the problem with crypto for a long time, which is that people are not good at building tech systems that are uh, invulnerable. 
in this instance, they've built a tech system that's very vulnerable, but because it's not backed up with anything, that's the entire thing. It goes, it's like, well, we lost that. That was bad. It's, it's I don't know. It's it's like, it's like if you're a bank and you built a really nice vault for all your money, but at the back of the vault was just the sea. And every now and again, <laughs> yeah. a big wave came and it took all the money out. And you went, yeah. couldn't have seen that coming. We have run out of money now. It's also like an incredible example of how like, privatization and corporatization like don't really fix things at a certain level because the entirety of web three is just basically a ton of third party like financial institutions that have been spun up overnight and largely exist on discord and they're all trying to do their own security together and so it's just like a, a a russian nesting doll of third parties trying to integrate with each other and like obviously that's just going to be wildly insecure because there's no one, there's nothing. There's, there's just, it turns out decentralization is actually not good for certain things. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like storing money. <laughs> I mean, storing anything. It's just, oh God, it's just, yeah, every week someone loses a bunch of money and they go, yeah, no, couldn't have seen this happening. This has never happened before, apart from the previous week. And right. Oh, crypto is a mess. We got one more crypto thing to talk about before we move on, which is this video you sent me. I did not. I did not press play on it yet, so I could record my reaction in real time for oh, you. Oh, really? Okay, great. Yeah. So this was this was shared on an account from someone named Tyler Glail. Glail. That works. And it's captioned, this is the art that crypto is enabling. So here we go. Proof of stake is hard, but what I do know is when we learn a shard, we'll change the whole hey. game, though. This is the ugliest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. This is this is heinous. Do you know so this do is you like know, a Do you know who that is dancing at the front there? No. Vitalik Buterin? Is that who that is? Yeah, on the uh left in the graphic t-shirt. God. What I think is really fascinating about this. Okay, so let me just like paint a picture here for everyone. It's like a very bare conference stage. It seems to be a video that was taken at ETHCON. Is that what it is? Is it EdCon? The Community Ethereum Development Conference. Wouldn't that be SEDCON, really? Anyways, whatever. It is a bunch of people, all of them white, of course, dancing horribly as like terrible animated gifs of like vector art and like pixel art play in the background and they're like i guess like rapping about ethereum 2.0 which is like a new version of ethereum that they're trying to launch yeah sure well what's so fascinating about this is that like we did all this before we already went through this period no 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 like, this is this is literally the web 3 version of this period because no web but i know but like it's so weird to see them choose to be like this again what like is it is it is this just how crazy you act when you make a lot of money really fast like i you mean just think that this is fine I'm going to say that you personally have done the web 2.0 version of this. Like you've done some embarrassing stuff on stages based on the internet in like 2013, 2014. Of course I have. Right. But before I mean, that, before we that, all have. before that, it was like the Steve Ballmer thing, which was web 1.0, which is really the progenitor of this. And it's just each time around, everyone's like, yeah, no, this is, this is good now. We've got this. We are somehow going to dance on a stage to music and it's going to work. And it's never worked. And yet again, yeah. they do it. And it's like, cool, good. New version of this not fucking working it's awful stop making tech people go on stage and sing or rap about the thing that they're trying to do 
Yes, it's awful. We don't need to do this in Web 4 whenever that comes, which based on the hacks and scams, it could. we might have to pivot to Web 4 pretty fast. Yeah, because we're running out of money. Yeah. <laughs> it is well, no, they're not running out. People are just taking it from them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Luke, how is the internet this week? I mean, I feel like the internet has been completely overrun by the big event that we're going to talk about later. So I think the main takeaway is internet is unhinged. Yeah, I would say that the internet, it can't continue like this. The the, the very architecture of the internet cannot continue because I think people are, I think, I think the big event that we'll be talking about very shortly is maybe going to be a thing we look back on and be like, yep, that was the end. That was the end of Web 2.0. We all agreed that like it was too much. I hope so. I hope that's what we think. I mean, okay. Talking of the big event, we should go back to. I feel like the a moment that in retrospect broke the back of the last internet and the. Okay, that's it. Right. I like this. The last internet. Ended, wait, wait. Do we need to change? Do we need to change? Do we need to change segments? Do we got to go into this? Yeah, I think we got to go into this. Okay, okay, okay. Hold that thought. You don't have anything else. Do you want to talk? No, about no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going into one of our other segments. Oh, what are we? Okay, talk. I'm doing a transition. Okay, so I think, I think, I think that we've gone through multiple internet eras, and I think the thing that we're about to talk about was the end of the last era, and the thing that we're going to talk about as the main event is the end of the current era. Okay, you got to keep going because I'm lost. Right. So I think that the end of the last era of the internet was Grimes hacking hipster runoff. Okay, that's okay. I knew you want, I knew there was one more thing we needed to talk about today. So if you don't know this story, Luke, uh, g- give a tight five on the give a little rundown. This okay, is the story okay. you were born to tell in many ways. <laughs> so, uh, hipster runoff, I don't think I don't know if we ever talked about it on the show before, but it was a truly fascinating website, like one of the good websites. Um, in that it had a very specific purpose. It was a guy called Carlos, who's who I think is public now. I'm pretty sure he's a known guy now. I can't remember his name yeah, because he, he has an he has an xfm show that's good i'm glad for him but he uh, he is that what that's called he, satellite radio xfm i, I don't, I really don't know man it, that sounds like he's only in america he has a he has a radio carl carl's from hipster runoff has a radio show that's what i'm trying to okay, say okay cool so hipster runoff was a website that existed up until about 2014 2015 i think it was a maybe it's slightly earlier than that actually but that it was the end of the initial era of the blogosphere, which when it was positive was, and it uh, got this, you know, this works so well. I'm so happy with this. When the blogosphere was good, it was really, really interesting because there were lots of interesting takes, like lots of people had different opinions and there was lots of arguing, but like it was basically a lot of small boutique things doing an interesting thing. Hipster runoff was kind of a response to that, which was all of these people are obsessing over incredibly small things in a really pointless way. His big thing was that he would talk about like how relevant people were and he wrote some genuine masterpieces during this time that were kind of acerbic but self-aware but knowing that his own act of caring about this thing in terms of how irrelevant it was it made it relevant and made him irrelevant but that made him relevant and it was kind of like a a series of russian nesting dolls of just this slight nightmare of you couldn't escape the blogosphere because you couldn't write something good that escaped it because it then became his runoff. Okay, wait. So uh, most of the archives are gone, but the screenshots, there are a few. And so that's here, the, here's those a, are the best ones. Here's a sampling. 
Lana, which is Lana Del Rey, Lana and me, our dark, abusive, codependent relationship on the content farm. (laughs) Mm. Wow, I didn't realize how much of our shtick is like clearly just like hipster runoff, but professionalized a little bit. Oh, yeah. Here's another one. Uh, (laughs) Jack Antonoff, hipster rocker that you need on your iPod. (laughs) It's so good. Ah, ah, it's so good. Hold on, wait. Um, uh, oh, uh, best coast gets effed up on stage while binge drinking four loco. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, I wait. mean that is that is of a period, like so aggressively. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the time that she was de- dating uh, waves as well. Which is also like, yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. There, so there's a whole section of related Best Coast articles. I forgot that, that Hipster Runoff went so hard against Best Coast. So Best Coast and Waves are hired by Target to write Christmas song. <laughs> uh, Best Coast dresses as snacks, RIP, for Halloween. Was she as hot as snacks, the cat girl? And then finally, Best Coast writes cyberbullying blog post. Is it hard to be a buzz band? And then the thumbnail is her with the words words hurt written on it. Uh, hold on. Uh, then my favorite one, my favorite, my favorite hipster run of headline ever is, is it authentic to be alt? <laughs> so what I think is really interesting about this, though, is that... Wait, wait, I got one more. I got one more. I got one more. How will the... <laughs> How will the Altosphere remember the year 2K9? <laughs> what does your fave MP3 slash song slash album of the year say about your personal brand? Was 2K9 a quote unquote bad year for music slash quote unquote the scene? <laughs> I mean, okay. What I will say is that. <laughs> Oh, I really miss when we could take the concept of the scene seriously. <laughs> the altosphere is just—it's ruined me. It's a, the the I, the concept of the altosphere has just completely undone me. I I, I can't even record properly. Oh my god. Okay, uh, but what I what I will say is that looking back at this now, it's super clear that all the people that hipster Ronoff had beef with were women. In a really no. unpleasant way. It was a what? It no, was okay. not good. Like it was, it was. It was. Thank you for bringing me back down to earth. There, it was a wildly misogynistic, crazy blog that like didn't do the Perez Hilton thing, but like it wasn't far off from it. Yeah, it, exactly. It was. It was. It had a, a similar aesthetic, just flipped for cool kids, and oh, you know, I, I'm putting quote marks on cool kids there obviously um but yeah it was it was flipped around for that and yeah it was it was kind of unpleasant because some of his big targets were lana del rey was a huge target although i thought the lana del rey stuff was i mean it was very strange because he also did the best journalism on her and figured out who she was which i was kind of interesting right i forgot about that i i have friends who knew carl's pre-hipster runoff yeah and all I can really say, like, is that apparently he was weird before Hipster Runoff. Okay. And then Hipster Runoff just allowed him to be even weirder. But there was definitely, like, this arch meta quality to it that was then used to hide a lot of the same nasty blogger shit that 
hipster run I felt like it was a commentary on. Like as yeah. as funny and like as satirical as it was, it was sort of operating the exact same way as Perez Hilton yeah, or something exactly. like that. He had the same opinions and the same like weird internal biases and insane yeah, some would be the same misogyny, but it didn't have it in the same yeah, but it, it ran it through a filter, and it was like, well, it's still the same thing coming out the other end. You've just added a layer of irony. Yeah, and also like, and, and hipster enough's targets, I feel like, were smaller in a lot of ways than like the traditional like muckrakey gossip blog was. So yeah. there was like a level of personalism to it that was like it made it funnier, but then also meaner because these people were like looking back on it, like they weren't huge like some of them went on to become huge but at the time they weren't that huge no he went after london ray before she released video games i'm pretty sure like yeah really before she did anything so talk about the how grimes right. fits into this so yeah so uh, three of his big targets were lana the ray best coast and grimes yeah and grimes this week did an interview with vanity fair which a bunch of people then noticed who were kind of not necessarily vanity fair people or grimes people but just sort of was like this is weird because it basically turned out that she had a friend who was quote unquote good with computers who did a a version a DDoS attack but above a version above a DDoS attack I don't 100% understand it but had basically taken the entire thing down and said we will do this again and we will keep it down unless you are now nice to Grimes and people have then looked through this and discovered that yes since then he was nice to Grimes and she basically blackmailed hipster runoff or blackmail it's not the right word like extortion it would be extortion i think right yeah exactly extortion i mean maybe not even that because what's that thing that they did uh, ransomware that's what they did they ransomware him and they basically ransomware his site and said you can now only be nice to grimes and he kind of did it which is funny and it's I don't know. The, her defense of it is pretty weak because she is like, oh no, I was... She basically says, I was at a party with my friends, someone took this photo and got leaked to this website. But it was kind of a New York party website. It was um, uh, lastnightsparty.com, which is a... like That was a known website at the time. It wasn't like it was a mysterious site. Then it went to Hipster Runoff and she was like, it was leaked to Hipster Runoff. And like, so she is disingenuous about her thi- a part of it. But equally, I'm kind of like, Maybe it's okay. I don't. I don't know. I'm really struggling to understand like what I think about it. But just discovering that Grimes was the person who took Hipster Runoff on uh, uh, offline, and that has not come out for like a decade, is wild. Yeah, it was funny because like you, I think it was you who were like, I forgot that Grimes was like from that era, and right. then I had I had like this insane feeling where I was like, oh, that's why all of the things that Grimes does is weird. Is 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 because Grimes started in that era. Yeah, so I think I would argue the best Grimes song ever is Oblivion. Like, I think it's a genuinely amazing song. I would have in my head if I had put that in 2015, 2016. Turns out it was 2012. Yeah, no, no. She she kind of she kind of invented the wave a little bit. Yeah. So you're saying that that's the end. Like Grimes ddosing hipster runoff would be the end of web. One, yeah, like when the blogosphere got super, super messy and super unpleasant. Like her DDoSing that was kind of like a signal, and then over the next few years it declined. And what came out of it was the viral shareable internet, the bit of the internet yes. where everything is viral all I the see. time, and everyone's shooting for virality. And then Will Smith slaps Chris Rock in the face, and suddenly this doesn't work anymore. No, it doesn't work anymore. And so 
Let's go talk about The Slap, NBC's original drama about what happens when one man slaps a child. Yeah. Okay, so can I just say I liked in this metaphor Will Smith is Grimes. Uh yeah, Will Smith would be Grimes in this in this yeah. Okay. So so there's really no reason for us to even recap this because you'll be hearing this by Thursday and at this point the very idea of this topic will be so nauseating to you that like it'll be burned into your brain for the rest of your life. But let's just let's just real quick say Chris Rock at the Oscars makes a very bad fairly tame i thought but bad joke shitty joke. about a bad joke and a cheap shot about jada pinkett smith having alopecia a cheap shot a cheap shot that i don't think he realized was as cheap a shot as it was probably but there's also been long-term beef between the smiths and chris rock because chris rock uh made fun of jada pinkett smith back in 2016 for boycotting the oscars i'm not even, I'm not even sure that's 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 beef and there's also just long term there's just long term dislike of Chris Rock because Chris Rock is like kind of a misogynistic asshole. Anyways, it happens. At first Will Smith laughs, then he stops laughing, then he walks up on stage. While he's walking up on stage, Chris Rock thinks that he's going to be like part of some comedy bit. It looks like a fun unscripted bit. Then Will Smith smacks the absolute ever-living shit out of him. Sits back down, everyone's shocked, and then Will Smith yells, "Keep my n- wife's name out of your fucking mouth." Twice. <clears throat> And for non-Americans, that's when you know that it's not a bit because the f- possible fine for swearing on live <laughs> television in America is astronomical and anything like that is like so over the top. Like I had my girlfriend, Brazilian, she thought it was a bit and I was like, no, like you don't understand. Like, <laughs> he just said the F word on TV. Like there's no coming back from that. Like that, that is like that's a major deal. So <laughs> I hugely, I, I hugely enjoyed that Chris Rock at no point looked like he was was not part of a comedy bit. Yeah, I, I have a huge amount of respect for someone who can be as zoned in as that, where he gets hit in the face and goes like, "Wow, you hit me in the face!" Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me, and it's like it was amazing to watch him just refuse to leave the concept that this was a bit, even though it clearly wasn't. I mean, there was a second there where where Chris Rock was like, "If you laugh right now." I will laugh right now. And we can act like that was for funsies. And then yeah. Will Smith's like, it's not for funsies. I'm going to say the F word on TV. But then even then, even then Chris Rock tags it with, this is the greatest night in the history of television. I mean, Luke, if Will Smith slapped you in the face, wouldn't your first reaction be, wow, Will Smith just slapped me in the face? It would be. It would be. Yeah. It's fascinating. So as that happened, I'm I'm on Twitter. I watch it bubble up because only international television showed the clip at first. So there's really no way to watch it in America. Uh, I saw the Japanese version first, which was extremely (laughs) funny because it was like an extremely deadpan Japanese narrator being like, and then Will Smith slaps him in the face. Uh, I assume. Uh, And uh, then it becomes memes really quick. And then for memes, uh, it just becomes a torrent of absolute fucking nightmare garbage and has been that way uh we're recording this on tuesday afternoon it is we are day two of the will smith internet overload it's it's easy to forget that i'ma let you finish with Kanye west happened in 2007 the internet did not move like this in 2007 and i thank 
God it didn't. Because this is unbearable. <laughs> okay. I know two for sure, which are Jay-Z and Beyonce. How many other people do you think were both I'm going to let you finish and Will Smith slapping Chris Rock? Like how many people were at both events? Oh, like like people who were present for both of these things? Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I'm not super familiar with like who would have been in the audience for the VMAs in 2007, 2008, whatever it was, 2009. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't know who would have been there then, but I'm trying to think of like people who would have crossed the things and it may just be like Beyonce and Jay-Z. I mean, they must've just been like, we're not involved this time. <laughs> but like, what's interesting, and I had to go back and sort of think about this myself, which is like, there's been a couple moments like this that have sort of been building to this level. And, and I do wonder like how much of it is award shows creating situations in which like things get really out of control like this because they need it. But I'm gonna let you finish and Miley Cyrus twerking are really the only two of this level I think I've ever I've ever seen in my lifetime. I can't remember it to any other one. What? Uh Madonna falling off the stage. Oh, I forgot about Madonna falling off the stage. But, but you're I, right. I, I agree to hit this level. This is a level below it, but But yeah, in terms of like instantaneous meme, although Madonna falling off the stage didn't create discourse. That's the difference. Because no, she just and, fell off the stage. Yeah. I think I think we should be uh, specific here that like there are memes. But then there are memes that hit that right cultural pressure point to create just infinite amounts of discourse. And that's what this is. But what I also think is that this is a thing that has created a huge amount of discourse, none of which is any good. There is no good discourse to have about this because ultimately kind of they seem to deal with it in the moment. No one's come out and said, I hate him. I'll, it's on site now or whatever it is. It seems to have been kind of dealt with. Chris Rock has not got particularly like mad about it. By all accounts, he was joking about it after the show. Will Smith apologized, apologized first when he got the Oscar and then apologized again on Instagram as is the only appropriate way to do it now. So it's kind of like there's nowhere for it to go. Like ultimately, it's all a big deal. It's all very dramatic, but there's also, it's kind of not that serious. Yeah. I mean, we, we have to acknowledge before we go further into the meta of this that like there is a racial aspect involves sure. a black woman's hair we are not the hosts to have to have that discussion and like also my first reaction was like good for will smith <laughs> i i told my girlfriend i was like hey if anyone makes fun of you on stage like i'll fight them sure you know whatever <laughs> i would happily fight chris rock for my girlfriend just wait for the next live show <laughs> yeah exactly right happy to do it also like i don't i agree with you i didn't find it that big of a deal and honestly I do think the rich and powerful should fight for our amusement on live television more often. I think yeah. that like that's important, and I think a, a good level, a good way to level the playing field. And like, it was, it was a slap. It wasn't a punch. It was a slap. It was, it was a slap. I also just think that like anyone who takes the Oscars seriously is ridiculous. It's twenty twenty two. All of these movies take place on apps. Like it's not <laughs> none of like almost none of these movies were even seen in theaters. We can't go to theaters. Like, like we like this is a ridiculous idea. This, I this, don't. Like, I don't believe the movie Coda exists. I want to see it. I've heard it's brutal. I've heard it's deeply sad. I, but it's on Apple TV, which I have, and I feel like I'm being sucked into arguing about it right now with myself right now, thinking about it because like the discourse on the internet is so bad. Yeah, it's it's one of these things where like everyone was determined to make it mean something, and it doesn't mean other, anything other than like rich people are kind of they don't live in a normal world, and therefore this was quite funny. Well, I also think that there's another thing at play here, which is that at least in America, in particular, we seem to think that anything that happens with enough rich people around it, or like on TV, or with a big enough audience, has to mean something. 
So like this like completely pointless thing happens in the greater scheme of things. And then we spend like multiple days trying to figure out a meaning from it when there really isn't any reason to do that. I mean, this is a fascinating difference between uh, American award shows and British award shows, because for a long time, like we had the, 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 the Brits, which are an extremely chaotic award show. Like that was kind of their thing is that they, they, there was just, it, there's a lot of messy stuff. So a band once threw a bucket of water over the deputy prime minister over a reason I can't remember why, but at the time it was like it was something like that. There were extended feuds between like Oasis and Blur, and they'd like come on stage and like grab the award and like then drop the award because actually they wanted the award, but they didn't actually want it. They wanted to throw it away, and it was just like a parody of itself, and it was like a complete disaster, like most times. Which I think I think was the highlight was Jarvis Cocker from Pulp. Uh, when Michael Jackson was performing, thought that Michael Jackson wasn't making like a protest or anything. It wasn't like a like a political thing. He thought Michael Jackson was a bit too full of himself, so he jumped on stage and mooned the camera. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. And this happened like all the time. Like every, once every few years, someone would say something like really do something really chaotic and pointless. But it would always be. It was kind of like ban- like hearted banter and fun. No one thought that it was that big of a deal. Elsa Keslassi, a foreign correspondent for Variety, uh, had a really funny tweet about this where she wrote, Will Smith's slap at the Oscars has been the laugh of the day on social media in France and elsewhere it got a muted reaction. People here are jaded when it comes to scandals. We had an actress get naked, cover herself in blood at the Caesar Awards last year. So like... Sure. Yeah, I mean like uh, this stuff is not... (laughs) America's like very tame compared to the rest of the world when it comes to like celebrities being completely insane on live camera. Yeah, exactly. Like this is in most countries would not have made. It would be like, well, that was the funniest thing that happened in a award show this year. Next year, right. we'll outdo it. I think most countries would agree that like two big celebrities hitting each other is like big news, but not of not of the like think piece industrial complex level that we're seeing right now. There were too many think pieces for sure. It got really out of hand. Let's move to a new section and let's talk about the think pieces. Wait, do you want to talk about the think pieces first or the think tweets first? Because there were a lot well, of both. Um, start me off uh, with your favorite worst piece of content about this. I mean, I think the worst piece of content is Judd Apatow tweet, right? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, you don't think so? Oh, no. Oh, I think no. From the prominence of the person and the wrongness of it saying I think he could have killed him is incredibly funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is, I mean, it is funny. Uh, but I think the unheard piece is much funnier. The unheard piece is quite bad. So let me get the exact tweet uh, because it's bananas. It is, I hope they didn't delete it. Oh, they didn't. Great. The Will Smith Doctrine, reward in return for aggression, has no place in the resolution of the Ukraine war. I'm sorry, it wasn't unheard. It was tortoise. My tortoise column. Yes. So that's a really good one. That's great. I mean, he has a point. Like, I agree with him. It is is impossible not to agree with that comment. I just think it's, like, really great that this person, like, figured out a way to, like, to, you know, to get that in there. You know, yeah. and that was an early that was an early published piece. You know, that's they got that, that was, off pretty early in the day. Yeah, it was like an overwrite note, right? I think. Oh yeah, you have to, or I assume they already had the piece and they control F'd and just like stuck Will Smith's name in there a bunch. Sure, that makes sense. 
I did see a really funny video on Reddit where someone was like trying to use Facebook, which is, I mean, weird anyways. And every single story on the Facebook news feed was about Will Smith. It was just, it's, it's so funny. Like every now and again, I just think of it, the number of photos there were and like the perfect, all so many perfect images of it. It's incredible. Yeah, it was really good. Oh, Jim Gaffigan had a really good bad take too, which was, I'm still disgusted. We don't deserve the brilliance of Chris Rock. Quote, when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything, end quote. Donald Trump and Will Smith, which I thought was fake. Oh, the Trump stuff I thought that was fake, but I think it's real. That's really, that's wild. Oh, and then all the people, I love the people who were like, this is like classic signs of like an abuser. And, the, you know, and this or the, and then I saw the other people being like Chris Rock uh, committed violence first by making fun of Jada Pinkett Smith's alopecia. And it's it's just like everyone, everyone clearly has not gone outside in a very long time. And this is this is pretty much it for for how our brains work now. I think. Would you like to guess at what Howard Stern's take was? Oh, man. I mean, he's so he's so weird now that it's was he was he pro Chris Rock? It's better than that. Uh, Stan said, not one person came out because he's Will Smith. This is how Trump gets away with shit. Will Smith and Trump are the same guy. No, they're just not. They're just, they're just absolutely not. They're just not like, there's just no way actually. That's just not possible and not a thing that anyone can think you can't be, you can't be a functioning human being and think that's true. That's absolutely crazy. No, that's not anything. That's just not anything. Yeah. the, The Trump links were, were kind of amazing. Like the number of people who said like, this is how Trump won because people weren't like, didn't shut down Will Smith. And it was like, is it? That doesn't is sound it? correct. Do you think that, do you really think that? Or are you just doing that for Twitter points? Cause like, you know, I respect it if you're just doing it to like, you know, get some retweets, I guess. I just, I, it's weird to me that th- we can keep going like this. I, I, I would say like at this point, like we can't do this anymore. Like it, we, we can't have the, the media work like this anymore. We can't have the internet work like this anymore. We can't have our brains think like this anymore. Like in my mind, this would be the moment where in a, in a, in a sane society, we would all stop and say, we got it. We got to chill. But I don't think that's going to happen. No, I, I would 100% agree with you. I would really like it if this was the moment when we, we stopped and said, okay, the problem here is that we are all too online and everything must immediately be filtered to the context of a, f- a frame that we have online. And this, uh, to, to be honest, slightly includes memes. Although I think a lot of the criticism of this and a lot of the the very negative takes on it have been because people are no longer able to understand the concept of degrees of harm. Right. And I think, I, I can't remember who's, it's someone's hobby horse where they're saying like the problem is degrees of harm. Uh, but it is absolutely kind of a thing where like, this is a low degree of harm. It is someone said a shitty thing. Someone slapped them, which they shouldn't have done. And we can kind of all go on with our lives, but instead everything that is seen by a lot of people must become the most dramatic thing ever, which is why you end up with this kind of dunk tweet culture where everyone is condemning everyone at all times because everything is either zero or 100 and the reality is when you look at it, most stuff is somewhere in between. And if it is, uh, I don't know, a 90th bad, is that a one of importance? 
but everything is super important all the time. I mean, maybe that's not. Maybe it's not even everything is good or bad. It's everything is super important all the times, and actually, some a bunch of stuff isn't that important. Maybe I mean from from the American perspective, part of me wonders if it's the fact that for so long, Twitter has been sort of like a a breeding ground for media personalities. The 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 British equivalent would be like the people who start like a viral. You know that thing where people would like create like a viral campaign and then the campaigners would go on TV and be like, we started this with a hashtag kind of thing. And that happens yeah. a lot in the UK. In the US, there really is like this feeling, I think, still where it's like we could say something on Twitter and it could go viral enough that we could go on TV. And and I, and I think even if it's not as true as it used to be, like this idea of like I could win the attention lottery by wilding out so hard on the internet that I get to go on the Today Show or get a book deal, mm. there is that feeling still, I think, as part of our internet. So weirdly, I think that the UK avoids this by having a, I don't know if safety is the right word, but maybe maybe a gate. It's a, 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 we have effective gatekeepers, which are the tabloid press, in that you can very quickly sell your story or your thing or your comment to like, a dozen newspapers and 25 websites like super easily and then it's gone and so it kind of takes the heat out immediately rather than it becoming too big i think that's possible i i, I would have a much harder time envisioning like the uk news being like this person on twitter said something and it went viral so here they are to talk about it because you also don't have 24 hours of news to fill that's true whereas like it is like Totally normal to turn on CNN and just see like, hey, I'm Dong Lord 420 and I had the best dunk on Will Smith. So now I get 15 minutes of uninterrupted airtime on CNN. We do have 24 hours of news, but our news is not funded by ads. So it doesn't really matter if no one watches it. Also true. Yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly. So there is definitely like a, a, a parasitic relationship there between like wilding out on Twitter and hoping you get rewarded with more attention on TV. Yeah. And then there's also like another back and forth there where it's like TV is essentially a delivery mechanism for things that we would talk about on Twitter. Yes. I think that is also definitely true. I mean, it's, it's, it's like just a horrible cycle because you have something happens on Twitter, then someone talks about on TV, then more people talk about on Twitter, then more people talk about on TV. And it's just this very unpleasant, bounce back effect yeah i mean you saw that with like a bunch of politicians like getting in on the action early because they're because they know now like oh like if i turn this into a big enough deal i can like make this my thing yeah i can be a i can be the fun viral congressman right what's the what's, who was the calipan guy ted ted lou i think his name is yeah he's a, he's a big twitter guy but also ted cruz even came out and was like i, I think he told a reporter he would do the same thing as will smith Jesus. I mean, okay, sure, he wouldn't, but like, let's pretend that I, there's just like there's just so many rotten incentives in the entire process. And now, as we're recording this, we're entering the new stage, which is sort of the 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 make or break stage for this. Which is, does this have enough energy to sustain the meta commentary? Like, all we're sort of missing right now is someone saying something so confidently and crazily that it becomes the new wave of, of discourse, which I don't think is going to happen because they've both apologized. And I think also they've kind of, it's kind of flooded. It's, it's a little bit flooded the zone. Like there's a little bit too much stuff. You kind of have a breakout because there's too much stuff there already. Well, unless the, unless the Oscars rescind his award, 
That would be interesting. And then that would Although all go up again, you know. I think they've said they're not going to, so. But I think what was really interesting, and this is sort of a, a, a good place to end this, I think, which is, it is interesting, I think, the only sort of, in, the only sort of like new development here is that this time people seemed really, really exhausted by the whole process, visibly. Like it didn't seem like people really got in on the frenzy to the degree that they normally would. Okay, but this is Eternal September stuff. I know. This feels like a bunch of people who are slightly newer to the process and have realized they can do this are doing it. And a bunch of people who used to do this a few years ago, like, oh my God. Like, do you remember when Madonna fell off that stage and we were both furiously trying to get like tweets and vines and shit out to like capitalize on this? Like we did this. Yeah. But I do, well, so it's interesting. Yes. But I do think that like the systems in which this is, is happening in mainly Twitter is like Twitter's old as hell. Like Twitter is like a, mm. how old is 2006, 2007? Like it's about that, Twitter's yeah. almost 20 years old. The entire, and it hasn't changed that much. The entire system in which Twitter runs culture in America, I think is aging really, really badly. And even new users, I think are noticing. Yeah, no, I, I think that's pretty true. Cause it like, it's very quickly you can be in there and be like, oh my God, I'm mad about this. I'm angry about this. And then six months later, you're like, oh my God, this is awful. Like you can see this, you can see the strings of the, str- the, the things that everyone's trying to pull, the like buttons everyone's trying to push much easier. And I think that that it's becoming clearer as people do that. Also, like I, I'm going to assume that Stan accounts or fan accounts or like people who are part of movie Twitter or film Twitter are generally younger than people in the media or people in other parts of Twitter. Yeah. Just because they use Letterboxd, they they tend to like operate more like K-pop fans. So I, I think they tend to skew younger. That group was not talking about Will Smith. That group was losing their minds about Amy Schumer disrespecting, quote unquote, Kirsten Dunst and, and, say, and making a joke yeah. about Kirsten Dunst being a, a, a seat filler. Because for the yeah. absolute, like, you know, very unwell Twitter users that are part of film Twitter, that was the, the biggest deal of the night. Yeah. I have one more question. Yeah. Who would the funniest person for Will Smith to have slapped have been? Because uh, when I woke up on Monday, because obviously I didn't set up to watch it because I'm not that person. Timothy Chalamet. Uh, oh, that's good. Because like I, I saw the, the notification drop and it was like, uh, Will Smith wins best actor after hitting Chris Rock. And I was like, I could just about see how that happened. And roughly it happened how I thought it Although I admit, I thought it was going to be a skit. When it wasn't a skit, I'm like, yeah, no, I can understand how that happens. Timothy Chalamet's a good one, actually. What about, yeah. Who, I'm going to go the other Yeah. One. I'm going to go the other way. I think my initial thought was Michael Sarah, but I think you're right that Timothy Chalamet is today's Michael Sarah. Yeah, well, for sure. Tim, yeah, for sure. I think the funniest person he could have hit would have been The Rock. The Rock? Yeah. That's pretty funny. For him to... For anyone to have any serious negative emotion at The Rock is inherently funny because The Rock is like not yeah, a real person. So. The Rock is like a, an avatar. He's like a he's a composite of a person, right? And he's like four inches taller than Will Smith and get his little tippy toes, obviously bigger. Yeah, his, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's pretty funny. What if like who who do you think it would be funnier to have slapped Chris Rock? Is there anyone funnier? To have slapped Chris Rock. Well, I mean, the thing the thing is, like, that half, I think, is, is makes a lot of sense because Will Smith is kind of, like, his brand is a nice guy. And he seems to be going uh, 
a little a little off the rails over the last few years. Right, but if you if you if you heard that like Tom Cruise slapped someone, you'd be like, yeah, I can see that. He seems like a really intense, really intense person. Oh yeah, for sure. I think if you're looking at me, like maybe Paul Rudd. For Paul Rudd to have slapped Chris Rock? No, Paul Rudd slaps the Rock. Oh, you in anger? Oh, oh, oh! You're still on the idea. Well, the idea of Paul Rudd being angry is just like really hard to process. I suppose it's it's yeah. possible, but he must be angry. But but imagine the idea of Paul Rudd, who's like I don't know, he's like five eight, slapping the Rock in anger. I think would be incredibly funny. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. Hmm. Is there anyone funny? So the, I guess that is one thing to touch on here, which is that the Will Smith is like a very specific kind of figure for aging millennials. Like, in yeah. many ways, he's kind of like the millennial Tom Hanks. Oh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks slapping someone. He's clearly the funniest person to do it. Will Smith slapping Tom Hanks is also quite funny. Tom Hanks slapping Will Smith is also yeah, funny. Yeah, no. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, because Will Smith, I mean, think think about it. Will Smith... But at a, at a guess, though, how much older do you think Tom Hanks is than Will Smith? 10 years. It's actually more. It's, it's 15 years. That's still less than, than you'd think. 12 years. It's 12 That's years. That's crazy, actually. Yeah. Like, they're essentially men of the same age. Oh, actually, uh, Will Smith slapping Machine Gun Kelly would be much funnier. <laughs> that would be good. I mean, anyone slapping Machine Gun Kelly is funny. Wait, no, who's the other rapper with tattoos on his face? Um, oh, dude, it's 2022. That could be anybody. Yeah, no, 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 the other one, the other one. Um, <laughs> the other funniest one is uh, Will Smith slapping Macklemore. Well, yeah, I mean, sure, but he's, you know... We're, you know, we used to have a segment on this show where I would just go to Macklemore's Instagram. I don't know. I don't know if uh, new listeners you, know that. You know, he, you know, he's gotten back together with Ryan Lewis. Good. That's good. Hold on. Yeah. We haven't. Do, I, I probably haven't done this bit in like two years on the show. I'm going to do it again. All right. Let's talk <laughs> about. Let's talk about Macklemore's Instagram before we end the show. So he recently uh, went golfing. Looks great in a in a little golf. He's got a little mustache now. Uh, and his, his little golf uh, outfit. Oh, okay. He took a photo. On, uh, no, he took a video on Christmas with the Settlers of Catan box set. So that's pretty funny. He's doing archery. That's fun. Oh, he was. Uh, oh, he's got a new song out. I forgot about that. He was on Jimmy Fallon recently. He's playing a gig in Sweden in June. For, we, should, we should go for your bachelor party. Well, that's May, man. It's the wrong month. Well, we could just keep going. To different shows. <laughs> he doesn't have as big of a mustache as he used to. Now he's got more of a pencil-thin mustache. But honestly, I think it's working for him in a certain way. And it looks like most recently, three days ago, he shaved his head. So, Oh, it's yeah, fun for him. He's got a little buzz cut going. Um, honestly, I like Macklemore. I'm happy for Macklemore. I don't want Will Smith to slap Macklemore, even though Macklemore, in many ways, is the new Will Smith in the same way Will Smith is the new Tom Hanks. That makes no sense. Well, no, no. Musically. Macklemore is the new Will Smith. <laughs> okay, musically, yeah. Tom Hanks' music, infamously, was not great. G- getting jiggy with it in thrift store aren't super far away in terms of vibe, I would say. That is true. I cannot wait till Macklemore wins an Oscar. <laughs> hey, it could happen. It could happen. Last question for you. What do you think this incident, the slap, and the reaction to the slap says about the vibe shift? Oh, I think the vibe shifted again. I think the vibe shifted as soon as... Will Smith's hand hit Chris Rock's face. It shifted again when he turned around. It shifted again when he yelled at him. Uh, and then it shifted the next morning. It was like when I woke up, because then I appreciate the vibes shift. 
And obviously Vibe Shift is a very much a personal thing, I think. Oh, see, I think Vibe Shift is kind of like New Year's where it's, you know, it starts in Australia and you watch it go around the world. So that, I think that yeah, like... That, that makes sense. But I don't think it's as linear as that. But I do think like each of us... Over, oh, this is, this, is a, this is an upsetting prophecy, but I'm going to make it right now. Oh, good. I think each of us will have a Vibe Shift. And it and it and it could be as something as out of control as slapping another person on live television, but I think by this time next year, all of us will have said like, "Oh yeah, that one afternoon in May, that was that I, I vibe shifted, I vibe shifted hard, and now I'm different." Okay, so by that logic, at some point in twenty twenty four, someone's going to use this as a defense for a crime, like a serious crime. Oh, I vi- oh, officer, I'm sorry. I uh, My vibe shifted and I couldn't control myself. Yeah. And then 2025 is a Netflix documentary, Vibe Shift, when the vibe shifted and, and, and this, this this person killed like seven people. Yeah, it's going to be great. Oh, I got one more bad take. Just came in over the wire. Jim oh, Carrey amazing. says, Will Smith should have been escorted out of the Oscars. I was sickened. I was sickened by the standing ovation. Hollywood is just spineless en masse. This is an indication we aren't the cool club anymore says man who started the american leg of the anti-vax movement by not doing anything about his wife so by proxy so great i'm glad we've all we've all got that hey luke have you consumed any non-slap content to stay sane this week Yeah, I've consumed some old episodes of Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. Oh, that's great. How about you? I have been catching up on an anime called Attack on Titan, and I'm ready to talk about it. So let's go talk about Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares and the anime Attack on Titan. And we'll be doing that over at our Patreon-exclusive mini-sode which you can find at thecontentminds.com. If you're not subscribed, thecontentminds.com slash subscribe is a great place to do that. I sent kind of a confusing email to our our, our subscribers. I'm very sorry about that. Thank you the, for those of you who emailed me for clarification. Basically, on Substack, you can go check your subscription. It'll tell you how long you're subscribed for and, and all of that. Um, so sorry for, for, for the confusing email if you received one. I definitely haven't been using Substack for multiple years now. So it's not like I know exactly how to use it yet. Good. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting the show. And thank you, Seven Morris, for the, the lovely edit and beautiful soundscapes. Let's go talk about those two very similar things now. Oh, uh, do you want to leave? Oh, yeah. Leave a comment uh, on our episode or uh, leave a review on a podcast app of choice as if I just slapped Luke. <laughs>